Welcome to the One O'ahu Podcast. I'm Brandi Higa, and today is Thursday, November 16th, 2023. And we're joined this week by Alex Ching, a recreation specialist with the Department of Parks and Recreation. But Alex, we also felt it timely to get you on right now because you've played a huge role in Honolulu City Lights through the years. Can you talk about that role? Um, oh, gee, how far back do you want me to go? As far as you can remember. <laughs> I started as a part-timer back in 1991. Um, I came on as a program aide with the former um, Parks and Recreation Arts and Crafts Specialist. And he was looking for a worker part-time. And um, I had met him the prior summer. I used to work in the City Summer Fund Program. And I was graduating in the fall of 1990. I didn't know what I was going to do after graduating from college. So um, I majored in art. So I, he was doing artwork. I thought that was a natural fit. Thought it might lead to something. So I applied with him. And when I got to working with him, it was it started out with regular city projects. Uh, Lady, um, we have the Talk Story Festival. Mm -hmm. um, and when we got around to, um, well, actually, during the summer, we started working on Christmas stuff. So he pulled me in uh, whatever hours I could spare. And I had to report to this big warehouse in Campbell Industrial Park, and there was Santa Claus. You know, I, I'd never seen it before. Um, Santa was made in 1989, and I wasn't even aware that that was built or featured anywhere. But I really love working with my hands, and um, I took a great interest in the project. So I got to learn from him. Um, and the original sculptor of Santa Claus, the, um, the contracted worker that Frank Fossey had um, uh, sculpted, they had an idea. It was kind of like the brainchild of Carol Costa and um, designer Owen Ho to have a Shaka Santa Claus. And everyone knows Frank Fossey and his trademark Shaka symbol. So um, yeah, that, that was the whole idea with Santa and the Shaka. So I started back in 1991 part-time, worked on the project. And 1992, I landed a full-time job as a recreation director in the Department of Parks and Recreation. And my former boss, uh, Mike Smith, he liked the way I worked. So he said, hey, when you're a recreation director, we, you guys work on this project also. So um, if you can sign up to volunteer out of your work schedule, um, to help if you could, you know, come back every year and, and work on it. So I've been working on it from 1991 all the way up until 2015. And how has that position evolved over the years? Because you're right, you know, when this first was created, it was kind of just one tree in front of Honolulu Hale. Everyone knows Shaka Santa, but there's all these other sculptures that you can now find on the Fossey Municipal Grounds. Every year, um, they, in the beginning, they wanted to make bigger and better every year. So I believe it started with the Shaka Santa, um, a scroll in the fountain, and some gnomes. And they added to that with a gnome tree stump display with a candlestick holder. And then um, by the time I came on in 1991, we had worked on some penguins to go in the fountain and the snow family. So almost every year for like a long, long time, they would add new sculptures. Sometimes they'd say, oh, let's 
uh, focus the money on the big Christmas tree or interior decorations. But as funds permitted, they would do a large sculpture. And um, yeah, it's just grown so much over the years that I don't think we can put everything out because there's not enough space. I mean, there's enough space on the grounds, the Civic Center grounds, but um, you also need lighting requirements. You need more fencing so that the public doesn't jump all over the sculptures or break something. So yeah, we have more than we need at this point. And um, since I've changed positions back in 2016, um, I don't think they've really made much more because yeah, yeah. we haven't had a really good progression as far as um, people following another's footsteps mm -hmm. and then um, the position is actually still vacant the one that I left and so out of all of the sculptures that you worked on what was your favorite oh gee there's so many <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean probably the first ones uh, were the most exciting um, little scary for me I did the um, the turtles that went into the fountain and before I had only done repairs and I had learned you know the painting process the finishing process and um, when they finally had enough confidence or me actually have enough confidence to do the sculpting and they allowed me to um, that's probably my favorite because you know I put in a lot of effort and time to learn it and um, uh, it was really challenging, but um, yeah, from then on, they kept tasking me to make newer and newer things every um, as the years went on. So there's quite a bit that I have spearheaded um, throughout the years. So the ones in the fountain that kind of have to be able to take on some water, the snow family that's kind of massive, what are all of these made out of? They're sculpted out of styrofoam, and they're coated with a mixture of an adhesive and cement. Um, the, the adhesive is called Drive It, this Genesis, and um, it's made as a um, kind of like a wall covering decorative feature, and um, you, you can actually get styrofoam preformed for construction projects, and then you coat it with this with the um, uh, fiberglass mesh to make it strong, so um, it looks like solid concrete features. So I, I've seen it being used um, mostly in the, in con the construction industry, but um, I've also seen other instances in like, um, like TV shows and mm -hmm. movies where they'll sculpt big things out of it and maybe they might coat it with a different um, medium, but yeah, styrofoam is the main thing that, uh, you know, it's quick and easy to shape with, you know, regular hand tools or power tools. and. Um, yeah, the finished coat is what make, gives it the durability. And I'm assuming the finished coat is kind of what adds a little weight as well. So how much does Shaka Santa weigh? Um, the crane that weighed Santa kind of had him at around, I'd say about 2,500 pounds, wow. give or take. You know, with, with He's had repairs and um, uh, many coats of paint over the years so i'm sure that adds quite a bit i have no idea how much but the last time we had weighed him was around there and tutu mele please tell me she's less than him uh, of course <laughs> 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 yeah i'd say similar in weight um most most likely lighter because um there were 
in in the beginning we didn't have like a lifting apparatus for Santa and they kind of manhandled him into place and <laughs> when I had started working maybe within the first couple years um, my former boss told me oh we're gonna be um, installing a lifting apparatus they had uh, worked with DDC design and construction mm -hmm. to figure out a lifting point and apparatus to spread the load so that we could safely lift him by crane yeah, we see that now, right? Sometimes he's he's looped, he's linked to the loop in his buckle. Yeah, there's um, a hidden loop yeah. Yeah, under his buckle, yeah. <laughs> and so did you ever have any ideas for a sculpture that maybe got squashed along the way? Hmm. No, it's kind of designed by committee where um, customer services used to be spearheading the event all the time. And they'd work with, again, the designer Owen Ho. Mm -hmm. And they would come up with an idea and they'd reach out to me oh do you think you can make this and they'll show me some sketches and they've already got all the ideas going on so um most of the time it would be yeah sure i can make it um i don't think there was ever a time where i said oh i'm not too sure about that so but um yeah it's designed by committee <laughs> and the story that a lot of folks kind of laugh about but Santa and Tutumele don't always make it to Honolulu Hale in one piece. Yeah, there's episodes. Um, <laughs> uh, there's so many. Before I was in charge, I remember a story where um, if you look back at the old photos, um, the snow lady's head, it, the heads were transported separately from the bodies because it's so tall. And um, it was originally sculpted with a, a bonnet. <laughs> like, okay. okay. And um, they didn't strap it down good or the straps worked oh, its no. way loose. So the warehouse used to be out in Campbell Industrial Park. And on the way there, the vibration from the truck rattled the, um, the straps loose. And then the head went rolling on the freeway into a ditch. Oh, no. So, yeah, after that, the that was the bonnet the original sculptor made and then my former boss mike smith didn't actually like the way that was sculpted so he came up with a different bonnet design and then sculpted that and then later on down the line owen was saying like you know we got to make things more local mm -hmm. so again if you look back in the archives the snow family had more traditional type clothing painted on and owen asked us if we could change to um Hawaiian wear, aloha print, uh, what else? Tutumele has a bracelet. Yeah, yeah. Tutumele has a bracelet. Um, she has a mumu with yeah, um, right. uh, aloha print design. So the snow lady, we actually cut the bonnet off again and put um, like a like a laohala hat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it's at now. So um, it's kind of interesting that whenever they come up with ideas it's like oh can you change this can you do that but it's a sculpture it's like a major you know reconstruction right. it's not just like you know take the shirt off and change it to another one you're really getting in there sometimes you have to sculpt sometimes it's just painting but it's still a large area it's real tedious work you talked about um kind of the difficulty with moving day but once those statues have made it to honolulu hale um i think you know, my thinking would be like, okay, phew, we made it. But then comes a setup. Have there been any, you know, damages to the statues, to the sculptures once they've made it to the grounds? And then, and then what happens then? Um, well, the most 
famous episode is, um, I want to say within the last three, four years, um, we're taking the same route that we always take, um, coming down King Street, going around the block, down Alapai, um, Baratania, and coming back down Punchbowl so we can set up to have the crane lift Santa. And we've passed under this same tree many, many times over the years, but trees grow, and when they grow, it gets weighty, <laughs> so it sags. And I guess we've been clearing Santa's foot all these years, but uh, apparently it grew so much this one year, or finally came down enough to where Santa's toe caught the tree and came off, <laughs> like at his, I think below his knee, so his whole shin and foot came down. Uh, they reported it to me. Um, I think there's footage on the news somewhere with, with me carrying the foot back to the fountain. Um, <laughs> Where did it land? <laughs> it oh, on the sh was it on the street? Either on the street or on the trailer. But we have um, uh, HPD escort. Right. We have support vehicles. So somebody grabbed it, and by the time I was there, I never saw it happen. But um, I definitely heard about it, and it's like, okay, can you fix it? Um, Little known fact is we always bring Santa and Mrs. Claus first because if anything happens like that, um, we have the whole week to repair. Mm -hmm. So we, we normally come the Tuesday after Thanksgiving and that'll give us, if anything happens, you know, four days to, to fix it. So we had a lot of help from um, the laborers, some park staff, uh, Department of Facility Maintenance to um, build a brace to hold Santa's foot up there. That thing must have weighed about yeah. uh, maybe 100 pounds. <laughs> and they, they had, had a brace and um, held it up there. I could glue it in place and do all the repairs on site. And by the second day, by Wednesday, it was done. And it dried and you weren't, you weren't concerned that it would fall off into the fountain? Um, I've been working with this material long enough that I was pretty confident that it'd be fine. And in fact, we hadn't... Um, done any extra reinforcement since that episode so oh, wow. yeah so far so good <laughs> and and then comes takedown right once the event is complete the feeling is like okay phew we made it um so maybe they're not as careful putting them away has there been any issue during the takedown yeah I don't think it's not being careful it's like being short-staffed um okay. you know going down we have like maybe 15, 20 HPD solo bikes escorting us down. And then because it's after the holidays, holidays and yeah, people are on vacation, yeah. you know, we might have like three solo bikes to escort us. And the manpower is kind of thin, so we do the best that we can. Um, and they're sculptures too. They're not technically meant to be moved back and right. forth, especially not being like a solid stone sculpture. It's styrofoam and a thin coat of cement on top. Um, so the vibrations and stuff take its toll. Um, we, we learn about um, bracing things with um, wedges or brackets or whatever to keep the vibration down. But um, we had one episode where um, there was a gnome on a tree stump and um, the original sculptor, this was a Kurt Nelson one, the lady gnome was balancing on two feet on the, the top of the tree stump, and that's all that supported her. So over the years, it um, 
got loose and it cracked and we didn't know it it vibrated loose so on the way back to the warehouse it had um broke its way loose i was in the um i think i was alongside of the um the police escort in the city van and i just happened to look in my rearview mirror and i saw this gnome go exploding three lanes oh my <laughs> across gosh. the freeway because it had just vibrated loose and it fell off the truck into the road and the main thing for me is like lucky nobody gets hurt because right, that's, right. that's really <laughs> sketchy and it i mean through nobody's fault it's just something that happens um you know we've been really really fortunate that nobody has gotten hurt but um yeah that luckily that was on takedown and we were able to get it back to the warehouse pick up the pieces and get going and uh have a whole year to repair so that one um instead of having the feet being the only point of support i re-sculpted it so the dress goes all the way down to the tree stump and now you have this big four foot circumference um uh holding down the sculpture instead of the you know maybe 10 inch circle <laughs> where was she compromised at, at the knees at or? the the feet the bottom of the feet okay yeah wow um and when you go to Honolulu City Lights, you know, when you go with your family, um, do you get to kind of take a step back and, and watch everyone enjoying the work? And what kind of things do you hear? What's your reaction to that situation? I don't think I've ever heard a negative comment about the sculptures. That I think the biggest negative thing I've heard is, oh, they brought up the same things again. Oh, okay. But yeah. we kind of always try to switch it up. And um, maybe some people just don't, you know see or read about what is new and being featured themes, but um yeah. that'd be the biggest negative which to me isn't really a negative it's just you know they don't really know mm -hmm. but um yeah it is gratifying to just you know watch um you know get my kids reactions and then um hear what other people are having to say about it and yeah usually it's a lot of positive and joy and stuff it's 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 gratifying i, I like to be behind the scenes i don't need any recognition for anything and earlier this year and you mentioned her earlier in this podcast we lost carol costa um, who was known as the mother of honolulu city lights like you mentioned she was i mean she started this thing she was there in the infancy of even shaka santa um what did she mean to you yeah i mean i from the history point of it i know she said it started in around 1985 and just uh, um, working with, I think it was HFD and a Christmas tree or a snowman. And yeah. it wasn't even like a big sculpture or anything. And from then on, it every year just got bigger and better. And by the time I came in, um, she was already well established for, again, you know, hiring Owen Ho, the designer. And um, yeah, I, I think I only missed out on a few years of, you know, um, from its inf the infancy of City Lights. But um, yeah, she kept in touch with me like every single year after that, just, you know, how are you doing? You know, can we do this? And um, yeah, I mean, great loss for the city. She's a really good person and really put her heart and soul into the program. And you talked about your start, um, you know, three decades ago now. Sounds, yeah. sounds a little crazy, but um, rumor has it that you'll be retiring soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I again, my full time work with the city started in 1992, and um, I just make age this year to retire. I already have 31 years of service, so 
I kind of just want to take the opportunity to, um, you know, retire and change focus and do a little bit more stuff for myself. Um, uh, I'm sure that I've, I've built so many relationships in the city. Um, I'm sure I'll probably still have some connections and contacts that um, they'll keep in touch with me. Um, you know, whether it be Christmas or just the regular department stuff. But, um, yeah, I built a lot of close relationships, and I have, you know, old-timer friends as well as um, new incoming staff that, um, yeah, I just like working with it. Parks, The Parks Department has been really good to me, and um, it, it's been great working all these 31 years. Yeah, but there is something magical about being here at Honolulu Hale during Christmas time. Oh, uh, definitely. From setup to the yeah. end, what do you think you're going to miss most? Uh, when it's all set up and, you know, opening night is done, the all the stress, it, it's so much work to set it up, but it's so gratifying at the end that you kind of forget about all the, you know, blood, sweat, and tears you put into it, and you just, um, you know, breathe a sigh of relief that everything went okay, and it brings like such joy to everyone like the entire month I'm, I'm so glad that you know it's not like uh like in parks we have our finale programs we set up for like a couple weeks and um you know the parents come down for a 45 minute show then we tear it all down this stays up for the whole month of um december and then we take down after new year's so um it, it's great that it like i said it does take a lot of time but um it's it's gratifying to have it out here for so long and to have so many people get to enjoy it. You said blood, sweat, and tears. Has <laughs> Honolulu City Lights ever drew blood from you? What's oh. the biggest injury you've had setting this thing up? I try to work safe. I can't. That's, that's good. That's a good answer. I actually don't <laughs> think I've been injured. Um, I, I do have a funny story where... Um, I had sculpted some Hawaiian implements and all the recreation staff that were helping me, they usually help me in the morning, then they run their programs in the afternoon. And I was in the warehouse by myself and said, like, oh good, I can get some detail painting done because there's certain things that I just have to have a level of control over. So um, I had sculpted a large ipu and I needed to paint the bottom and then I can flip it over so I can paint the top half. And I had it upside down. I finished the painting on the bottom. And I'm by myself. And the ipu is so round. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, I wonder if I can tip this over and by myself. <laughs> and the, the ipu is about, I'd say about eight feet tall. Okay. And circum the circumference is about maybe like six feet or so. So I'm like rocking it back and forth. It's like, oh, if I rock it to where it just balances, I can run around to the other side, catch it, and then lower <laughs> it down. And I did, and it kind of balanced. So I ran around to the other side, and I did catch it. But because it's round, it started spinning, spinning. <laughs> wide at the top and narrow at the bottom. And I'm trying to hold it, and I did. <laughs> and I kept running in a circle around chasing it. <laughs> And I think I, I had it all the way to about maybe like two feet off the ground and it just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
where are the surveillance cameras when we need them? <laughs> and, you know, I was so fortunate. If I didn't hold it all that time, I think I would have cracked it. But it didn't break. And then I thought to myself, that was really dumb. <laughs> and then I went to go put it back up by myself on the wide base because I had it upside down. So it was on the small base yeah. um, upside down. So I don't learn. I did the same thing. Well, I can't say I didn't learn. I was a little more cautious, but I was able to flip it over the same way and caught it this time. And because it had the wider base, it stayed, and I finished the painting that I wanted to do. Oh, so. You shouldn't get caught inside the ipu upside down. <laughs> um, Alex, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't wish for anything. Maybe my kid's college tuition to be paid. That'd be <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Alex, is there anything we missed? Oh, you know, I've been with the program so long. I could probably go on for hours, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, I <laughs> anybody can, they're free to come ask me. <laughs> yeah, if you have a question for Alex, you can send in your podcast questions by heading to wanoahu.org slash podcast. Alex, thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. And on behalf of everyone here in the city and county of Honolulu and everyone who has enjoyed your work at Honolulu City Lights over the past three decades, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Remember, opening night for Honolulu City Lights is this year on Saturday, December 2nd. As the electric light parade passes Honolulu Hale and Shaka Santa that Alex was in charge of for so long at around 6.30, that's when you can expect Mayor Blangiardi to flip the switch to that massive tree and all of the displays here on the Fossey Municipal Grounds. We hope to see you there and I hope you'll listen in next time to the One O'ahu podcast. Until then, aloha.